2: We have a lot of questions surrounding the 2023 Cincinnati Reds. So we've decided to bring in an expert, a man on the ground, to help answer those questions. That's today on Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily
0: Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: You are Locked on Reds. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day. And we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker. My co-host, Jeff Carr, he is out today. but we have a special guest that's going to help answer tons of Reds questions for us. Uh, You know, Jeff and I here, we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. We have taken our love of the game, our passion for baseball, and turned that passion into information for you. On today's podcast, we are going to be joined by the Inquirer's very own charlie goldsmith he's one of the beat writers for the reds he's going to catch us up on some of our unanswered questions surrounding this team and kind of give us a perspective of somebody that's been able to watch them all throughout spring training Uh, before we get into that i want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account and use the code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off your first ticket purchase you can get the last minute tickets at the lowest prices guaranteed All right, we're going to dive right into this thing. I am so happy to bring in Charlie Goldsmith. Charlie, I am so glad to have you here, and I am excited to get all of my Reds questions answered, my friend. How are you doing? I I am great. I'm glad to have you here. Um, It's been a while since we talked, Uh, probably a couple spring trainings now uh, since you and I have actually sat down. I know you've probably talked to Jeff in between times before he and I teamed up. So let's get right into some of this Reds talk because there are a lot of unanswered questions and there's only about a week to go until opening day so let's let's start with the starting rotation uh obviously there's the big three that settled it's nailed down in hunter green uh, Nick Lodolo and Graham Ashcraft. Graham Ashcraft has probably, maybe not been the biggest surprise of the, sp- the spring, but definitely grown by leaps and bounds from where we saw him at the end of last season. Uh, let's talk about him for just a minute. Give me your impressions of what you've seen from him throughout spring training. Uh, that performance in
0: his last start was pretty amazing. He's everyone's favorite player to talk about in red spring training right now. What's really impressive with him is, you know, the, the, uh, the feedback that he's gotten and how quickly he's been able to apply that. What we don't talk enough about Ashcraft is, you know, he, he really hasn't pitched much before the 2021 season. He dealt with two hip surgeries in college, then COVID. Then he kind of had to prove himself before he was a top prospect. He had a pretty good chunk of innings in 21, but 22 was really his first big experience in a runway over a full season. He did that while making his major league debut He learned that he needs to strike more batters out, and he learned that he needs to make his timing and, you know, from a a mechanics perspective, more consistent. And he's not only done that, he's thrived with that. His slider looks incredible. You know, not quite on the green Lodolo level. Those are two of the most interesting sliders in baseball, but really a notch below that. And that's really a testament to the work, the confidence, the aggressiveness, Graham Ashcraft's always a guy who's going to attack the strike zone and trust his stuff as much as anyone in the game. And that's all really stood out from a pitcher who everyone sees making a big step forward right now.
2: As exciting as the front three of this rotation is with those three guys that I just mentioned, the fourth and the fifth spot still seem to be question marks, uh, I am projecting as of right now, based on the injury news we got this week with Weaver, that number four probably goes to Luis Sessa if he can get stretched out. And I'm still hopeful that number five goes to Brandon Williamson. Do you see it differently than that?
0: I have Overton as the number five right now. I think he brings a little bit more from a a consistency, a length into game's perspective and experience. Uh, They like Williamson a lot. He's someone who dealt with his ups and downs last year, someone who battled some shoulder stuff, changed his routine, added some velocity back. But consistency for a young pitcher is huge. They do have Overton, a guy they like in camp. I think Sessa came here when he did with the specific idea of having enough time to build up for a starting rotation spot. David Bell confirmed yesterday that Sessa does have enough time to build up to be ready for one of those spots. I think he's pretty comfortable in the rotation right now and Um, You know, Williamson and Overton each have one start left this spring. We'll see what happens. But I think uh, Overton's experience and again, his ability to be stretched out deeper in games because of his consistency right now gives him a bit of an edge, even though Williamson's stuff, his fastball and his curveball are two of the most fun pitches in camp.
2: If that's how it goes, if you're correct, and they do give that fifth spot to Overton, uh, that has some impacts on the bullpen. I guess my first question about Williamson would be they would send him to AAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, no no chance he ends up in this bullpen as a long man, correct?
0: I can't think of the last time they had a, a top starting pitching prospect start in the bullpen. So uh, I haven't heard a whiff that that would change with Williamson.
2: So that being said, how do you see this bullpen? Because you know, I've been I've been kicking around names, trying to figure out exactly how this could all play out, depending on what they do with the starting rotation. You know, I, there's not very many locks. We say Alexis Diaz is a lock. We say Buck Farmer is a lock. Ian Jabot is probably a lock, uh, but there's other interchangeable names that could make this team. How do you see this bullpen shaking out at least for the start of the season uh, with the idea that there'll be a lot of moving parts as the baseball season progresses?
0: Yeah. So last September when the Reds were like starting to prepare for the off season, you heard a lot of optimism from them about the bullpen. They would stay self like man. When you pair uh, Diaz with Santin and Sims and Antone, that's a pretty solid back end of the bullpen they felt, but Santin Sims and Antone won't be ready for the start of the season. So you have Alexis Diaz. I think, my, my guess, my my understanding is they'll continue to use him in that high leverage role that David Bell has used his best relievers in. My guess right now would be you'll see a lot of Buck Farmer in the ninth. He was really strong to finish last season. His fastball changeup combo is solid. He's really liked the way his slider has evolved over the last 12 months. He's comfortable in big spots. There's a reason they brought him back on a pretty you know substantial contract for that bullpen, relatively speaking. After that, like you mentioned, wide open. I think my projector right now would be Going through it, San Martin, Jabot, Cruz, and then I'd have Law, Alex Young. There might be one spot left there if Sims is out. Maybe, you know, Hunter Strickland takes that last spot. Maybe Joel Kuhnel takes that last spot. We'll see what happens in the last week at camp. Uh, but what's really interesting to me is the types of pitchers they had. At this point last year, they had a bunch of young guys with huge velocity fastballs and big sweeping sliders. You're Art Warren, Jeff Hoffman. Um, Jared Solomon was in the mix, Dowry Moreno, Ryan Hendricks. Now they have older guys who are more, you know, fastball changeup splitter guys, not going to overwhelm you with velocity. But they are going to throw more strikes. So there has been kind of a stylistic change in how they're filling the back end of the bullpen. You know, it's a lot of inconsistency, a lot of question marks, but it is a different style of pitcher they have in them.
2: Who do you see filling the role of a long man in the bullpen? I'm a little concerned with the fourth and the fifth starters that they're going to need somebody that can come in and eat innings out of that bullpen. Uh, I had it projected to be Sessa and Overton before the injuries with Weaver being in the rotation and Williamson being in the rotation. But now it looks like both of those guys are going to be, you know, Sessa in the rotation and Weaver unavailable. Who is that innings eater? Who's going to be the guy that can give you multiple days, multiple innings, uh, come in on a piggyback style if one of the fourth or fifth starters really struggles?
0: Yeah, so I don't know that they've really consistently, with a few notable exceptions, maybe like a Jeff Hoffman, but he's been in and out of the rotation at different points. Like I don't know that David Bell's ever been all in on having a specific designated long man. I do know that they have built up their relief pitchers to pitch deeper into games in camp than they've done in any spring training that David Bell has had. Like Guys like Derek Law, Alex Young, uh, Ian Jabot, Raver San Martin, all preparing to throw multiple innings for the start of the season, 2-2+. Two, two plus which is a big departure from the one-inning approach that most of the Reds relievers have had consistently. So there might not be one guy who can step in and give you four, but there are a bunch of guys who can give you two-plus and have a track record of being available often consistently. Like Fernando Cruz is a guy where even if he isn't giving you two, you know you can call on him as often as you need him. So I, I do think they have, they have prioritized filling innings by having pitchers more stretched out. And, you know, again, it's an inconsistent bullpen, but filling innings isn't really my concern with it right now.
2: Well, as we wind down the pitcher talk here, uh, we're reaching the end of spring training. A lot of teams are going to be making those last difficult cuts. There's going to be an opportunity possibly for Nick Kroll to go out and scour some waiver wires and some Jackson news and maybe pick up another somebody do you foresee them doing that with the bullpen or do you think that they're happy enough with what they've got uh, to roll forward into opening day?
0: I think they're always looking, you know, look at how this bullpen was assembled in the first place. It's a bunch of waiver claims in minor league free agents. And if you can get, you know, a next wave, maybe the timings now for a guy they like, I certainly think they'd be interested if it really matches what they're looking for. Big picture in the bullpen. That is how they are building this bullpen. And if the timing again is right now with a guy specifically, they like, you know, I don't have that list of names in front of me. It's tough to project like which relievers are going to be available based on different training camp competition, uh, spring training competitions going on. And you know, a random NL West team, um, it's tough to come up with specific names. But I do think consistently they're looking for guys to add to their bullpen. You know, an Ian Jabot, a, a type. He's a guy who analytically teams are really really high on. Hasn't quite had that production, but maybe you know, if Jabot's kind of hit the ground running this spring with the Reds after having a chance to pitch in high leverage innings and work on specific stuff, maybe an Ian Jabot type becomes available between now and the start of the season.
2: All right, we are going to have plenty more with Charlie Goldsmith coming up in just a minute. Before we get to that, I want to talk to you about one of the sponsors of today's podcast. We are so excited to be teamed up with Ultimate Pro Baseball GM Uh, I'm really excited about this new partner Uh, they are one of the sponsors of today's episode this game puts you in a major league front office it puts that front office in your pocket you can play it on the go on your mobile device without the need for internet connection you can get a free download on the App Store or Google Play of Ultimate Pro Baseball GM you can take your franchise from the bottom to the top from worst to first uh, in the league as you play Ultimate GM on the go again no internet connection you need you can play a when you want as often as you want you control everything from player trades to contract signings to ticket prices to team facilities check out one of the most realistic baseball simulations right now on your mobile device. Download ultimate GM baseball on the app store or Google play store locked on reds. Listeners are going to get hundred percent free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in the game store. So make sure you check it out today. Go check out ProBaseballGM.com. You can get it right there. You can scan the QR code on your screen. If you're watching this on YouTube or again, you can get it in the app store or the Google play store. That's pro base. Baseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. We are also sponsored by a new sponsor, folks. We are so happy to have on board Game Time. Uh, Game Time is sponsoring the podcast today as well. They are a last-minute ticket app. Uh, I know a lot of times you go to purchase tickets uh, at the last minute and you're kind of stressed to see if you can even get into an event. You can get into a venue. Uh, I've had that problem sometimes as I travel around the country and, and find out something's going on in an area that I'm at and, and want to make sure that I can get in there. And with, uh, Game time is no longer stressful to get your tickets. Uh, You can buy tickets to your favorite event uh, in a stress-free environment. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Uh, With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance, game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and so much more the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section or row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference so snag the tickets you want today without the stress with game time Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Terms and conditions do apply, but again, just create that account and redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, coming up next week, we're going to get you set for opening day. Jeff's going live at Fretboard with Mo Edgar from ESPN 1530. I will be flying into town. Uh, so make sure you get over to Fretboard on Monday in Blue Ash for Jeff and Mo. I'm glad that uh, Jeff went and got a lookalike of me to uh, fill in my seat while I'm not there. It's going to be a great time. We did this a few years ago, folks, and it was a blast. Show up for the exciting Reds Talk and stay for some great beer. All right, let's get Charlie back in here because there is a lot more to talk about with this Reds team. Uh, We've touched on the pitching, Charlie. It's time to move to the position players groups. There's a lot less Question marks here, I think at this point, maybe, uh, the last couple spots on the bench and and we'll get into that in a minute, but let's kind of just work our way around the diamond a little bit and, and give me your thoughts on these guys. As we get to them, basically, I want to start with Joey Votto. There has been a lot of talk about, will he be ready? Won't he be ready? uh, What's he going to be able to bring to the table at age 39 coming off of a shoulder and bicep reconstruction? Basically, uh, give me your impressions of what you've seen from Joey and somewhere in here. Uh, give me your prediction. Will he start opening day in Cincinnati? Yes.
0: Yeah, so the answer to that question is up to Joey Votto, uh, Joey Votto. You know, people say this, David Bells say this, talking to us, people say this behind the scenes, maybe no one in baseball knows their body as well as Joey Votto. Joey has been through so many like weird spring trainings because of COVID or, you know, when he had COVID in 2021 or injuries or, you know, the, the summer shortened spring, like Joey has been through similar situations before. He has a very good idea of the boxes he needs to check off. I'll just tell you what I'm seeing. You know, no one's working harder than him on the backfields, which is typical Joey Votto. The one thing is, you know, before the last couple of days, he wasn't making consistent hard contact and really elevating the ball. He did that yesterday, and that felt like a very notable moment. He had he had his best swing of the spring. He really lofted a ball high, great swing, um, off the top of the right field wall, landed for a double. He's been doing that in batting practice, really uh, pushing, you know, the gas pedal to the metal over the last couple of weeks in particular. And that translated into a great hit in the game where he really elevated a ball that felt like a big step for him. Expectation wise, it's a mystery. You know, you can make the case that Joey was, you know, hurt for the last few years. He's healthier than he's been in a long time. And that could be a great sign for him. You could also make the case that he's a 39-year-old coming off major surgery who really struggled last year and has had slumps in, what, each of the last four seasons now. So it is a mystery. It is a Hall of Famer with an incredible track record who does have strengths like, you know, pitch recognition, the ability to read pitchers. Those age really well. It's one of the biggest unanswerable questions in baseball this season, and it will be the most interesting piece of this red season overall.
2: You know, it's interesting. You mentioned that double, uh, I spent some time on yesterday's show talking about that double as well, just because it, it looked different. It it looked like in that at bat, Joey locked in, it was a stand up double. As you mentioned, he hustles and I was excited to see it. I'm glad I'm not the only one that keyed in on that hit and saw it that way, because I really felt like it was a turn the corner moment for Joey this spring.
0: Certainly. You know, there have been a, a couple of those, like, I think he didn't get a hit in his first seven at-bats. He was, you know, behind pitches. That's part of the adjustment process. Then he started getting really consistent. He hit a lot of sharp singles, the, or a few sharp singles the other way. Hard contact, harder contact. Those felt like, you know, big positive steps. And then this double off the wall, certainly the best sign we've seen from Joey Votto this spring.
2: Well, let's swing over to second base and talk about Jonathan India. Obviously, Jonathan India is coming off a season where injuries plagued him and, you know, some nasty nagging injuries, things that you just can't quite get over quickly. He had the hamstring thing, the the fluky compartment syndrome injury from the Field of Dreams game, uh, and he had bulked up trying to become a power hitter. He's been very uh, open about the changes he's made. He looks trim. He looks quick he looks like he's playing better defense at second base and he seems to be seeing the ball well and hitting the ball well right now
0: just like on a daily basis watching these guys defensive drills batting practice games i think jonathan indy is the best player on the reds the he is the exact type of player you would want jonathan indy to be in terms of prioritizing the approach at the plate uh, that really made him so successful as a rookie and then defensively the agility like the, the smooth smoothness the fluidity the way he dances with the ball, like big, step, big steps forward from him this season. And then, you know, the intangibles, the culture stuff, the leadership that he's really made a priority. Like Jonathan India is very much, you know, a central figure in the Red Deer organization right now. And he's looking the part on the field, consistently hitting the ball great, um, has a very good idea of what he's doing at the plate. He He really does get the sense of excitement talking about what a normal season could look like for him after all the adversity he had to overcome last season. So I think Jonathan India in second base will be, Maybe the biggest strength of the Reds in 2023.
2: Well, let's jump over to the other middle infield position, the shortstop position. Is it gonna be Newman? Is it gonna be Barrero? Opening day. What are the Reds gonna do?
0: I think uh, Jose Barrero is gonna start most of the games at shortstop this season. The one exception could be against certain lefties when the roster is at a certain place on days where Tyler Stevenson's not catching because of their plan. David Bell has said he wants to be able to structure the lineup with the flexibility to get his best nine guys in there. And that would be a situation where Jose Barrera could start in center field. But, you know, it was Jose Barrera's job to lose at the start of the spring. I think he's outperformed Kevin Newman. You know, Barrera's defense has always been his calling card. But there had been some inconsistency, some young player moments, the way he handled the ball, some throws. His defense has been phenomenal, spectacular. Some of the best shortstop defense I've seen in Cincinnati in a while. The the highlight plays, he's making look routine consistently. You know, he doesn't have to be a 270 hitter. Jose Barrera has shown enough improvements with his swing change to where I feel like with that and the spectacular defense, he's in the, you know, very in the very clear driver seat to start, you know, most of the games at shortstop, at least until a Matt McLean or an Ellie De La Cruz force that issue and bring that competition into a different kind of light.
2: Well moving over to third base, Spencer Steer looks to be the man to hold down the hot corner and there's been some knocks against his glove here during spring training. do you do you do you see him struggling defensively or do you feel like that may have been a, an overreaction on uh, a lot of people's parts as he was just working his way through spring?
0: I mean, it was certainly a thing. You know, it was certainly something that Steer talked about, that the Reds coaches talked about, but it wasn't something that ever had them doubting Spencer Steer's status as their starting third baseman for 2023. He is a natural, solid defender. Athleticism, great hands. His hands are probably his biggest strength. You know, those throws deep in the hole at third, he's been working very hard on those. What was most impressive to me is, you know, he's a young player competing for a spot on an opening day roster for the first time. He was in this defensive slump, if you want to call it, and it didn't impact his hitting. And that might've been the most impressive part to me about his spring overall. He didn't, from a confidence perspective, let that snowball. In fact, you know his hitting helped him gain more confidence and now his defense is picking back up. He made a really nice play on a really sharp hit ball to third base yesterday. I think he is your starting third baseman again until maybe a prospect forces that issue later in the year. But he is getting every opportunity to hit, to prove he should be an everyday player. And you know he's really good at some of the things that young players usually aren't good at the way he hits breaking balls, his willingness and you know approach leading to walks on base, stuff like that, his hands, uh, are a lot of really positive signs from Spencer Steer.
2: Let's jump to the outfield because there's a lot of... Maybe not question marks about who's going to be in this outfield, but more about how they're going to be deployed on an everyday basis. And then also, you know, the last couple spots in this roster, I think, impact the outfield as well. You know, pretty much a a lock for the team, I would say, is Jake Fraley, TJ Friedel. Obviously, Will Myers is going to be on this team. Uh, I pretty much consider Will Benson to be a lock at this point. Do you see that any differently uh, as far as him making the team on opening day?
0: I do. And I think he'll probably start more games than TJ Friedel as well. They were very aggressive in going out to get Will Benson. He's a guy they've liked for a long time. The one thing has been, can he hit? And he really hit great last year in AAA. And then, you know, the the signs of the play this year have really impressed the Reds as well. There's a repeatability of a swing combined with a natural power that he has that the Reds don't have a lot of in their lineup. Um, Elite speed, unbelievable base runner right up there with Ellie De La Cruz. When you look at best base runner in camp, He has all the signs they're looking for from a center fielder. They want to take a shot. on, And, you know, they love TJ Friedel. He's going to play a ton regularly, consistently, but they traded for Will Benson because he gives them a different type of option long-term in center field. When you look at everyone in the Reds organization from Nick Senzel all the way through Jay Allen, I think Benson has the best shot to be their center fielder of the future. Um, They love his tools. Again, they really aggressively uh, pursued him this offseason, and I think they're going to give him a really consistent shot.
2: So you talk about Nick Senzel and we learned from David Bell that Nick is going to start on the IL and do some rehab in Louisville uh, is what the last that I heard as far as uh, Senzel's start plan Uh, Louisville starts on one day after the Reds they start on the 31st so Nick won't have to wait very long. At this point, what is his potential role with this team uh, if and when he's healthy enough to play at the major league level? Are we talking super utility? Are we talking platoon in center? Are we talking bench guy? I mean, what's left for Nick Senzel at this point?
0: Yeah, So I caught up with him on Wednesday. He is, again, starting a rehab assignment in Louisville at the uh, pretty much pretty close to the beginning of the AAA season. And he wants to play every day. And the Reds are not committed, but David Bell says he's most likely going to play every day when he's healthy, because he is still one of the best nine hitters in the Reds lineup. But on this rehab assignment, Nixon will be playing a good chunk of center field, but also pretty, not regularly, but notably at third base, maybe a little second, and Nixon Zell's preparing to play some corner outfield as well. Um, you know he's not in a situation where he is still right him in pen, right him in sharpie as the red starting center fielder anymore. That's a testament to how much they like a guy like Will Benson. He is still a guy that has tools, a guy they they want to continue to give the opportunity to develop. He has to hit now, and he's banking on this swing change. They are optimistic about the signs he's shown in batting practice and in minor league spring training games with that swing change. I think when injuries naturally come up during the season, there will be you know a lot of opportunities in the Reds certainly. David Bell has said, you know, with three catchers, everyone on the major league roster is going to play a lot. And I, I do think Nick Senzel will probably play four or five, six days a week when he's back. It will be moving around in different positions more consistently.
2: So that super utility player that we always look for, right? That can play almost every position on the field gets full time at bats, but just doesn't have an everyday home. Uh, we've wondered who that could be. And it sounds
0: like it could be Nick Senzel once he is ready to play uh, so we're, charlie we're, we're gonna so yeah, like they have, a, they have a number of those guys like spencer Steer could be one of those mm-hmm. guys uh jose barrera playing some center field as well david bell made this point on wednesday like the reds probably don't even move guys around a lot as much as some of the best teams in baseball like the dodgers the guardians the rays do this a ton so they do really like having a number of those guys who can bounce around and give them upside and versatility at a couple different positions
2: Well, we're going to wrap up with Charlie in just a few minutes where I'm going to put him on the spot. And I'm going to give you a heads up so you can think about it. Uh, Coming up in the final segment, Charlie and I are going to be talking about who is going to make uh, this team with the final roster spots as the position players. These are still some unanswered questions. Charlie's going to give us an answer in just a minute. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you about the final sponsor of today's podcast and that is FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one sportsbook in America, and because new customers are important for the number one sportsbook in America, they are going to give you a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't when FanDuel is going to reimburse you up to $1,000 in bonus bets back. So you can take a, a a flyer on something interesting like the Reds to win 80 or more games. That's 1100 over at FanDuel right now. Uh, so don't miss your chance right now to get your no sweat first bet with $1,000 in bonus bets back. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. You can make every moment more with FanDuel.
1: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
2: Now that sports betting is legal in Ohio, Locked On has the perfect show to help new and seasoned gamblers download and subscribe to Locked On Bets for daily picks and analysis. Locked on Bets is available wherever you get your podcasts, just like Locked on Reds. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Click the bell, click the subscription button. Uh, You can also follow us in between shows. You can follow me on Twitter at S Offenbaker. That's with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. All right, let's get Charlie back in here, and I'm going to put him on the spot. I know he has all the answers. Charlie, you already know who's going to make this team, right? Who are these final, you know, number 25, number 26 guy on the roster to uh, round things out as we head back to Cincinnati this week?
0: So I guess it comes down to two or one spot, depending on Joey Votto and whether or not he's ready. And like I mentioned, that's Votto's call. They haven't sat down and made a final decision on that, so I'll give myself that. That flexibility and that freedom there. If Votto is there, one spot goes down to Chad Pinder and Henry Ramos. I would go to Chad Pinder because you can have a very clear role for him. He has historically been pretty solid against lefties and gives you infield versatility as well. Plus, he has a reputation as one of the best clubhouse guys in the game. Um, if Vado's not ready, I would have Ramos as well in the lineup. And, you know, Vossler's the only other guy left in camp. Um, I wouldn't have him in a roster projection, but you are getting pretty down. Uh, into it with so few guys left in camp. That final spot probably between Ramos and Pinder, and I'd leave pin, lean Pinder. Uh, we talked about the rotation earlier. And then to the bullpen, you have uh, I have Diaz, Strickland, or excuse me, Diaz, San Martin, Farmer, Jabot, Cruz, Young in, in very good shape. I think Law has gone out and earned a spot this spring. Then I have one spot left for uh, Strickland, Kunal, and Bennett Sousa. I do think Strickland probably brings more to the table as an eighth reliever than any of those guys. You can option Kunal back to AAA. Um, Sousa is a guy you can do the same thing with. Um, you know, keep Strickland a veteran guy who who you know can pitch every day over the course of the season.
2: So, let's wrap this up with some predictions, Charlie. I know you've seen uh numbers floating around out there as far as over/unders and what the Reds are actually projected to do. Tell me where you think they're going to be at the end of this season in win totals and pecking order within the National League Central.
0: I think this is a 68 to 70 win team. Um you know, you, they are invested legitimately in every at-bat that they're going to, you know, have guys taken over the course of the season. It's a, a much better spot than last year when R.C. Aquino and, you know, Chucky Robinson or a, you know, a number of guys who clearly didn't have a long-term future at the Reds were playing really big, significant roles. They do have, again, investment in guys like Barrera and Steer and Senzel, and I do think we'll see some prospects between now and the end of the season, but, you know, just like Hunter Green and Nick LaDola showed us last year, there are ups and downs with rookies, naturally. You know, Jonathan India showed the same thing in year two. It's not always a linear, straightforward, positive path that these guys take, and that doesn't mean anything about their futures. But it's just a sign of what it's like being a young player in baseball. So, you know, I think it's probably the last place team in the NL Central uh, because I'm, you know, the, the Pirates went out and got more veterans who can give them some more consistency and reliability this season, and uh, you know what you're going to get every year or every day from guys like Hill and Velasquez and McCutcheon and D-Man Choi and guys like that in a way that the Reds don't really have as much of with the exception of Will Myers. So I give the the pirates that edge because they were more aggressive this off season, but I probably am more optimistic on the core of the Reds you're building around than what Pittsburgh has going on over there.
2: Well, I got to tell you, I think even if they are a 70 win last place team, they're going to be so much more exciting to watch than they have been uh, in seasons past. I'm looking forward to see how these prospects develop and, and how uh, guys, get called up throughout the course of the year. I really think that the roster they break camp with on opening day could be dramatically different than the roster they finish with come the end of the season. And uh, we look forward to you covering that Uh, before we get you out of here, tell everyone where they can find you and read you and and follow you.
0: I'll keep it simple. Just everything at the Cincinnati Enquirer and Cincinnati.com.
2: Excellent. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Coming up next week, uh, Jeff's live at Fretboard with Mo Egger on Monday. Uh, I'll be in town on Tuesday. We are going to continue to uh, jam towards opening day. Uh, I'll be in town all weekend. We're going to do some uh, recording together, me and Jeff in person. We're going to be out and about. So if you see us, say hi. We would love to to hear from you. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen. Now, for your second listen, go check out the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they give you the best information you need for your fantasy draft strategies. You can find Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, just like Locked On Reds, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, keep us subscribed in your feeds. We're going to keep you locked on Reds every day single day. We'll see you next time.
0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.